Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. I'm a big fan of the pod and love what you're doing. And I love talking about candidate experience. So this is just like a combination of all my favorite things I like to corner people at parties at. Welcome to the Cornering People at Parties episode, where Mary Scavenger, global talent and people leader, is my special guest. Mary shares some great insights on improving the candidate experience, especially for startups. We cover a number of important topics in this episode, including time to fill, applicant drop-off, gentle rejections, climate tech, net promoter score, and more. Enjoy. Hey, Mary, how are you today? Oh, Chuck, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm very well. Happy, what day are we at here? Are we on all out of Monday. It's Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday. We're recording this Tuesday, June the 13th. Yeah, summer has hit where I'm at. I'm not even sure where you're located. Where are you located? Yeah, I'm just in the internet. I'm just part of the ether. Yeah, I'm based in, in, in and it, it's usually sunny, but it's not. We're, we've got some June gloom, but sunny Los Angeles. So over, I've been here for about 10 years. But if you can't tell from my friendly, upbeat voice, I'm originally from the Midwest, specifically Notre Dame, Indiana. Nice. I think I noticed a little bit of Midwesterner niceness yeah. there. So yeah. I've, never, I've never met, never met a mean Midwesterner. So Super friendly. <laughs> We're overly yeah. friendly. It's kind of scary to other, to like coasters. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm really excited. I'm a big fan of the pod and love what you're doing. And I love talking about candidate experience. So this is just like a combination of all my favorite things I like to corner people at parties at. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Mary, before we get rolling here, can you just give listeners a little bit of a bio about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everyone. I'm Mary Strevenger. I'm the founder of Hero Hire Club. I consult across a VC portfolio, and I partner as a fractional head of talent and people operations. So I work with founders and investors and really early stage foundational teams to build scalable people foundations and hire key leadership roles, including go-to-market, eng, product, design, ops, exec, for seed through Series C startups. So some recent and client partners include Seed Women's Focused Telehealth, Climate Tech Series A, 
A and a Series B direct consumer. I also advise with some really fantastic rec tech, including our mutual friends over at Canada FYI. Hi, Canada FYI. <laughs> so yeah, this is the year of fractional work. Previous to this, I was wearing a lot of people, talent, and culture leadership hats over at Who Gives a Crap, which is a certified B Corp um, direct-to-consumer toilet paper company. And previous to this, I've got in-house agency and embedded talent solution experience for working for startups like Floyd, Ritual, Ladder, Therabody, Glossier, Dollar Shave Club, Aspiration, and more. So I just really love the early stages of business. I typically come in at like 10 to 50 headcount as a generalist to build up scalable foundations and run full cycle TA, TA before exiting around like 300. So anyways, that's a little bit about me. Thanks, Chuck. Nice. Nice. So you're, you're really startup. So you small team, build the team into a, what you said about 300 and then you sort of exit or (laughs) I I usually tap out. It gets too big. The problems tend to be like sunshine and rainbows at that point. (laughs) And it's like, how do you take it from a startup, startup to a scale up? Right. And I really love those really early foundational puzzle pieces where you're like, oh my gosh, here's the puzzle, but I don't even know if it's got all the pieces, if like the picture matches the box. Like, (laughs) yeah, what does it not even have edges? Like stuff like that. So I really love those those really early stages places. And for me, I can wrap my hands around it to about 250 people, 300 people, and then I leave. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. I think you definitely have found an, a niche for yourself there. Yeah, I have. It's it's a little hustly. <laughs> right. I'd like to find something a little slower and, and, and steadier sometimes, but gosh, I really love it. I, I come from an artist background and it's just really like, how do you work with people that like, work with people that you really love, hop aboard a really cool project that has just usually never been done before, get other people to get excited about joining that and help build a cool story and also help build cool careers and a really good culture. So it's right. fun. It's a really unique little experience and I'm glad I found it. Yeah. So how, what led you into working in the talent acquisition HR space? Oh, good question. Like many of us, I'm looking at you listeners. I fell into it. <laughs> so I like, no, there was no childhood dream to be HR. I really didn't want to be an astronaut, an artist, and a pancake, according to my diary growing up. No choice of pancake, not pancake maker. And I feel like that just says a lot about me as a person. So yeah, I graduated art school, did the BFA, MFA, needed a job, went through a lot of opaque hiring processes. I felt like, you know, this is not new to anyone, like, you know, applied to hundreds of jobs, like couldn't understand what I was doing wrong. And, you know, found my way into HR and marketing, found I really love it, and then grew into recruitment, TA, and then found my love of startups. So it's really it's niche after niche after niche. I'm really glad I fell into it because it ticks all the boxes that I want. Like I'm a teacher, I'm an artist, I'm a creative thinker, I'm a systems thinker, and I absolutely love what I do. So yeah, it's good to have a daytime outlet to, again, save those poor party goers that I like cornering people at. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you're not the first one to say I fell into it. I, I hear that often, and I, I think I, I've answered that the same way myself. But I do believe, and I ask this question of all my guests because I think the answers are really unique and interesting, but I do believe that you are the first artist, so you have that going for you. Yes, all right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I've actually only met, I can count on one finger how many people I've met in TA that said they didn't fall into it. <laughs> Some people did grow right. up saying I always wanted to be HR, but it mm -hmm. is, you're right, Chuck, it is really cool to hear everyone's stories and how they stumbled into it. And obviously they're not leaving because they found something really valuable and learned so much about themselves and just want to continue growing in that space. So it's it's a cool, special place. I, I hope more people start to grow, or more kids start to grow up wanting to be a talent acquisition or a recruiter or an HR person. Maybe we need like a uniform, you know, like the, the firefighter, the police mail carrier, all those have like uniforms and stuff. Maybe there needs to be a uniform. So you know, kids will start going out on Halloween with. Oh <laughs> my gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to design one of those and, and pitch it to one of those Halloween <laughs> seasonal stores. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Yes. I'd like to see some more HR specialists <laughs> or chief people officers um, on my next Halloween route. <laughs> yeah. When you go to the the door. I'm usually the one at the door going, and what are you? And what are you? And yeah. like, You're a recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> I have a really hard time when it's anything with like a Star Wars or an Avengers or like a Disney princess. I, I those names just all blur together. So yeah, it would be really great if I was yeah. like, oh, chief people officer or chief happiness officer. What? There you go. <laughs> Love it. So is there some challenges that you might have faced at you know you've worked for a number of different places and so you don't have to name the place but <laughs> i really want to dive into some aspect of the candidate experience that you're perhaps challenged with and sort of how you help to resolve that you don't yeah. have to and no naming names <laughs> All right. I'll keep it really cagey and sound like a very hazy politician listeners. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, there, there's a lot. I, I consult with a lot of companies. So I would say one that I worked with recently was the time spent in the process was, I, I mean, their their average time to fill was four months. And this, I'm not talking yeah. for like an executive search, which like could go anywhere from like, what, six, 12, sometimes 18 months. And like, that's kind of part for the course. I'm talking about like entry level to like career, entry, like mid-level work. So like, we'll, we'll hire like a junior product designer or a, a, a generalist project manager and, and run them through like a nine to 11 step process over a series of like three to four months. And Ouch. that is exhausting, right? <laughs> and that is also like the, the company that I was, you know, working with, like DE&I was at the core of everything they wanted to do as well as their customers. So it was really like reframing. It was, it was already a mindset they were in, but they were using that with their customers and not with their candidates. So it was really reminding them that like, hey, you're going to have, you have a lot of drop off and you're not creating a diverse, inclusive and equitable process because you're really rewarding at the end of the day, someone who can afford to go through a really long, intensive, and not just like time intensive, but physical, emotional, financial intensive process. So you're seeing drop off on those, those people and those talent communities that you'd really like to see in your team. So we revisited our scoping, really like that define of role. So what are the key competencies? What are the behaviors? What are the skills that we really want? Getting alignment on the board and then creating new scorecards, creating new an entirely new process from scratch, sometimes scrapping out the technical assessments and really narrowing it down so that for the candidate, instead of them feeling that pain point of a nine to 11 step process, it was 
always felt like a three-step process. So it just goes from phone screen to a hiring manager to a broader team assessment and then making a decision. So we went from an average time to hire of like 91 days to 26, which was fantastic. So obviously, and, and also like everyone in that process really enjoyed it. So we, we in, incorporated some like NPS scores from candidates and, you know, anywhere, not just the candidates who saw through the process, but even through the application and how timely was the response and the expectations and the feedback that you received. So that was a big success. I'm currently working with a really lean early stage team who just implemented their first DTS. And one of the big things that we're working on is we're tossing out all those default processes, comms, workflows, scorecards to really customize it for the candidates as much right. as the hiring team to be really effective and impactful. This sounds like basic 101, but I cannot tell you how many companies I've worked for that are later stage that still have the very default like, responses and so i i I see it my candidates see it we feel it and like once you go through a process and you start to see you see the templates over and over again in different companies you realize they didn't take that time from the very start to customize things it's it's really effective and impactful for the hiring team and for your internal team and just as much as the candidates and more importantly like it's reflective of the full scope of opportunity that someone's coming in the growth they'll have the company and the culture so Updating the adverts to reflect culture, compensation, if you can talk about that, depending on where you are. Um, what are the core values? What, how, how are we using gender neutral language? How do we add the process? What is the interview process and the expected timeline to hear back from your application? And then the stages, is there going to be a technical assessment or a project? Will it be paid or not? <laughs> Making a default thanks to the application note, like, and adding something in it just said like, hey, this is when we'll get back to you. Here's a fun little gift. Here's something that you could learn about our company. So we're doing a lot of, this is for the, the climate tech. So we're, we're adding a lot in the comms about, Hey, here's a new speaking in, or here's a new podcast that our CEO was just on, or, Hey, here's a, a little bit, here's our culture deck. So you can learn a little bit more about our team and how we work and our ways of working and what we're like in a remote first business. We also have templates for candidates and applicants who are sitting, sitting for more than two weeks, as well as like no update updates so that hiring and Managers can use those um, right. and be gentle reminders, <laughs> which are really big, right? Also, having you know, I like to have really specific scheduling comms, confirmation comms, any and adding prep work and feedback loops for the each time and stage. So we are adding like a time follow-up note from each interview to gather real-time sentiments, gather feedback, and set expectations for when they can expect a decision either way. And lastly, something that I'm really proud of is we all know this, Chuck, like for every hiring, for every job that you have out there, you're going to get hundreds, if not thousands of applicants these days. Yep. <laughs> and one person, if one, sometimes it's zero, gets the job. So that's a lot of people that are applying and hope, putting a lot of hopes, wishes, and dreams into their application that never hear back. So about 89%, I saw this recently at McKinsey, like 89% of candidates never hear back from a job they, they've applied to, which I think is really, really sad. So we created these really personalized and scalable, scalably personalized, like gentle rejection templates from application stage that provide really tangible feedback on their application, any additional support and time with us. Sometimes in this case, it's not like a discount, but we'll kind of offer up some of the services or like different engagements we have for our talent community. So, hey, join this Slack community or hey, you can join this. Here's some offers to some job boards and communities that are values aligned in this like climate tech space, as well as here are 
the LinkedIn's and emails of everyone from our interview process and making sure that the rejection comes from the people, either the recruiter rejecting them at the application or anyone that they saw through the recruitment process. So it's personalized. And some of the feedback after implementing that about a couple months ago, had we're, we're getting response rates from unprompted response rates from candidates saying over, over 50% of responses, actually, of, of people saying, hey, look, I haven't, this is the first rejection I've, I've had in months, although I've applied to hundreds of jobs and I haven't heard back. So thank you so much. Wow. It's really like that. Yeah, it really like, it, these are really kind, sweet notes and like providing like inf- insights on the market of, hey, you you took the time to review me. You you said it would take two weeks. You, you did it in that two weeks. I really appreciate the personalized feedback on why I didn't move forward. And I also just appreciate you taking the time to give me not just like a, hey, this is from a greenhouse default or a lever default, like, or an Ashby. Right. Hey, you, you didn't get it. Like, do, here's from the team, but here's the name of the people who who looked at this and offered up some services. So, it meant the world to them, and some of them have turned into clients. Some of them have turned into candidates for other processes, and others have just been really great people that connected with us on LinkedIn and other professional communities, and we cheer them on from the sidelines. So, anyways, I hopefully that's like some nice warm fuzzies for for you to hear. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, a couple of things that you said. Well. I heard you say climate tech, and I know what climate tech is because my wife works with climate tech, but can you tell listeners what climate tech is? It can range from a lot of different things, but in this case, it was really working with companies to help measure their carbon neutrality and gotcha. and offsets. So I, some of the industries they're working on are like supply chains. So those, those have pretty significant ones. So right. how do you go from... Yeah. Yeah, so so it's it's some of that. So it's a it's a little bit more on that kind of kind of kind of B two B side. Right. It might not that might not have been the best example. It might have been easier to say like direct to consumer e commerce. No, 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 that's good. I think I think I think listeners will be hearing more and more about climate tech and clean tech, and you know there are a lot of yeah, a lot yeah. of folks that are trying to work on repairing the world that we have because we only have one world and. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, really trying to go ahead and do something about carbon. And so I think folks are going to be, it's going to be part of everyone's vocabulary really soon. So if it's not already there. Yeah. Sorry. And sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm just so excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. We were all looking at those pictures of New York if we weren't there. Yep. Wow, this is cr- wild. Or I mean, last year, again, like I live in Southern California. So we, we've we had fire, like, you know, fire season is just coming up. We're going to be right behind New York and that kind of like post-apocalyptic. And I, mean, I even saw a meme of New York skyline and then showing the, what was it? The second blamed runner, right? When they're kind of walking into that orange, <laughs> like, yep. to, like, <laughs> like, yeah, dystopic future of New York. And what was so sad is in this meme, like New York, actually the real New York looked worse than the CGI New York. Oh, wow. You're absolutely right. Like climate tech has been like at the forefront of a lot of venture capital and private equity and and at the forefront of businesses. Even the last company that I worked at, again, who gives a crap? And a lot of a lot of what they do is they give 50 percent of their profits back to building water and sanitation projects, but also having an eco friendly supply chain. So they are carbon carbon neutral. They care deeply about how you make things and how you ship things and how you receive things and also like having a net zero impact at the end of the day. So you're not 
throwing stuff back into the landfill. So you're absolutely right. It's it's something that we can all do. But working with businesses to really like big businesses um, to really measure their impact now is going to be critical for our future. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. What so obviously hiring managers play an important part of the whole candidate experience. Can you just give a sort of your quick overview of, you know, how you get them bought into providing a positive candidate experience? Yeah, absolutely. It's a good mix of storytelling and data. <laughs> I, think. I think that's a secret sauce to most things. <laughs> And salt, but I think reminding. I, I think I've not. I've never had a, a problem with working with hiring managers, even some of the the more seasoned ones, or they've really d- been around. You know, it's not their first rodeo, but just remind them of their own candidate experience. And I think if you remember what it was like getting your first job or even your latest job. It was pretty hard. (laughs) Most people, most people, not everyone, but most people have difficult times in that job search. It's an existential crisis. You're questioning, who am I? What's my value? What's the impact? What do I want? What do I care about? And the longer that you're in kind of that headspace and meeting other companies and investing your time and your emotions and your resources into interviewing them, seeing if it's a good fit, it's a lot. So I try to do that with with my hiring managers first and foremost. And I also I follow up with a lot of feedback from the interview and the onboard processes. So they obviously the person who got the job is going to have like some some candid feedback either way, but it's usually going to be pretty positive. But I try to provide feedback from candidates at all stages. So when we'll reject a few, we'll we'll create weekly meetings with hiring managers to do some check-ins on search. And a lot of that will include feedback from, hey, here's some of the Here's some of the responses we got from our gentle rejections. Here's some of the things that, hey, I rejected after you know our meeting last week. I rejected X, Y, and Z. And here's some of the feedback they have for us on our process. So we might want to iterate from this or, hey, we might want to kind of revamp this question. We use a lot of structured interviews or, or maybe it's a little bit of the tone in how we show up. I also like to dive into some of the like kind of geekier talent metrics, right? So here's our SLA. Here's our time to hire. Here's our acceptance rate. Let's remember this. <laughs> or here's the last searches that we worked on. Let's remember this. So a lot of the hiring managers that I'm working with right now are kind of in this headspace of let's just keep it moving. And I want a really strong pipeline. So let's send the person to the next one. And I'm like, we're getting to almost to the end of stages. We've got maybe three people. We're not going to reasonably give three people an offer. I We can't ask them to opt out. I think we need to make some decisions. And I'm noticing that we're getting to this end stage and we're like, it's it's now two to three weeks before we're making a decision. They've been in the stage for way too long. So here's what we need to do. Also, I, I try to grab some like one-on-one if I'm noticing any like kind of consistent feedback on like a particular stage or an individual. And just again, try to come together. Like let's solve this as teammates. We're on the same team and, and kind of figure out like what, what are we doing to like really serve that? So I find that, yeah, when you just remind anyone of their own candidate experience and, hey, how would you like to be treated? What would you expect from this stage? And what would you expect from this experience? Most people will kind of look at how they've, how they've been operating so far and go, yes, I, I, I'd like to do a little bit better. <laughs> That's fair. A little bit of golden rule goes a long way. Absolutely. Yeah. Like why, yeah. why would you not want to be treated the way you'd like to be treated? Right. right. No, I, <laughs> I, I totally agree. So, and you, you like, you were stirring up like some bad memories for me. I'm like, Oh, I remember that awful time. I interviewed with, with a woman once and she was, 
doing her nails during the interview. And I was, it was very early in my career and I didn't know what to say, but she, she was like doing her nails, like with an emery board file and and, uh, at her desk. And I'm like, wow. So yeah, not a, not a, not a good visual. And I'm glad I didn't work through that place. (laughs) That's a little telling. Yeah. I I like to think that I became a recruiter because like I met a few good ones, but I had a lot of bad experiences. Wow. This is, this is, could be better. (laughs) So maybe the change that I want to see in this world of people I, I too, I, I worked with, I wasn't in this interview, but it was a candidate. It was, it was a company I was working for, for not working in-house, but as like a retained agency partner. And I got feedback that the, the CEO themselves insisted on meeting candidates at the last step for an hour long, but was consistently one showing up like 15, 20 minutes late, bringing oh. his lunch putting his feet on the table. And if someone was, if he got a a notification on his phone or a call, would pick it up and leave the room without any context. And so I, after having a few of those experiences, I had to, I had to have a really uncomfortable conversation (laughs) with the CEO to really go, Hey, look, like this is the impact, like it's having on the candidates. Like they might, they had a great experience, but now this last experience might not. You're a great person to meet. They want, they want to spend time with you. We could say, Hey, you might, you might have a call, or maybe we can just shorten your meeting to like 20 or 30 minutes. You don't have to take calls. (laughs) Maybe we could schedule a little better. Maybe you don't have to eat lunch in front of them. Or if you do, we should just prepare them say, Hey, it's so-and-so's lunch hour. And they might have some food in front of you. Feel free to bring a beverage and just have a casual conversation. Right. Or bring lunch for two or three. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I like to do that too, with a lot of virtual interviews. So to kind of go back to like some of the ATS building and some of the, and some of the prep work. And when I send confirmations about an interview, it'll be like, all right, so this is going to be, you know, video optional, or we'll be video on, on our side. And there's going to be some dogs and children in the background. We might be running late from some back-to-backs. There's going to be a beverage in hand, show up like to do not wear a three-piece suit (laughs) Um, prepared with questions and like kind of just like setting that tone of like also what what is the flow like we'll spend five minutes on intros we'll dive into some of these types of questions and then we'll spend some time for questions for you at the for like 15 20 minutes at the end so like here's kind of that flow that you can expect i think if you just set expectations it's fine we can all be humans again we don't have to like have hour-long meetings that are back to back and our three-piece suits that like run like clockwork because that doesn't sound very fun to a lot of people no no and as long as you know what to expect i think that is a great experience. Yeah. Mary, I appreciate all the insights that you've provided and you definitely have a wealth of them. If listeners want to get a hold of you, how could they do so? Yeah, check me out on LinkedIn. So with Mary Strevenger, I'm really friendly. I'll add you back. I'm always posting about candidate experience and then reposting content from my network and all the enthusiastic commentary and lots of gifts and energy. <laughs> but you can also check me out at herohire.com club.com. But yeah, reach out. I'd love to expand my network. And if you are excited about candidate experience and talent acquisition and peakly stuff like me, we should definitely connect. Yeah. I will share those links in the session notes. And Mary, thanks for your time today. I appreciate your insights. Oh, thank you so much, Chuck. This is such a treat. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.